You're listening to 1001 Album Club, where each episode we discuss a different album from Robert Demery's book, 1001 Albums You Must Hear Before You Die. episode we'll be talking about magazine real life on the line i have rob hello ben hello john keep your silence to yourself and kyle <laughs> a word up <laughs> real life did <laughs> 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 you become cameo for a second <laughs> Real Life is the debut studio album by English rock band Magazine. It was released on June 1978 by Virgin Records. The producer was John uh, Leckie, and the genre is post-punk new wave art rock. And I'm going to read from All Music Review, Andy Kelman. Howard DeVoto had the foresight to promote two infamous Sex Pistols concerts in Manchester, and his vision was no less acute when he left Buzzcocks after recording Spiral Scratch, possibly sensing the festering of punk cliches and limitations and unquestionably not taken by the movement's beginnings. He bailed, effectively skipping out on most of 1977 and resurfaced with magazine. Initially, the departure from punk was not complete, Shot up by both sides, the band's first single was based off an old riff given by Devoto's Buzzcocks partner Pete Shelley, and the guts of follow-up single Touch and Go were rather basic rev and vroom. And like many punk bands, magazine would likely cite David Bowie, Iggy Pop, and Roxy Music. However, instead of playing mindlessly sloppy variants of Hang On To Yourself, Search and Destroy, and Virginia Plain, the band was inspired by the much more adventurous Low, The Idiot, and For Your Pleasure. That is the driving force behind real life status as one of the post-punk era's major jump-off points. Punk's untethered energy is rigidly controlled, run-through arrangements that are tightly wound, herky-jerky, unpredictable, proficiently dynamic. The interplay is at its best and the light pours out of me, a song that defines magazine more than shot by both sides while also functioning as the closest the band ever got to making an anthem. All right, what do we think of magazine real life? Masterpiece. This is awesome. So good. Start to finish. Yeah, I, I concur. That's a, <laughs> a that's a spicy meatball. Yeah, it's a good one. It's definitely I've never a, listened to it before. Yeah, Magazine is one of those bands that just kind of gets put on the second shelf for some reason. They don't quite, they don't have the pop singles, I think, is what uh, really happened. Yeah, I had, um, I got this album and the correct use of soap uh, from the local library in like 2006. 
Is that also a magazine or is that like an instruction yeah. manual? <laughs> Correct use of soap <laughs> is uh, the third album by magazine. Okay. And it shreds. Yeah. 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 I think a number of us like, you know, probably got exposed to a lot of early punk on punk comps, like listening yep. to them in the like late to mid nineties or early two thousands. And I think a number of us had heard shot by both sides, but just didn't know it was magazine or didn't know what it was. Cause you're just listening to like all the songs on the comp and you're like, Oh, that's another good song. But that's the only song I'd heard uh, from this album and probably from magazine at all. And it's a great song. And, but all the other songs on this album are really, really inventive. Like, the way they're mixing the the synth sounds with the like kind of it's almost poppy in parts like i don't know i don't know how you describe it it's it's a great great album yeah complete integration of that that synth into the sort of punk new wave elements that they're providing it's really cool it has it got a bit of television to me too even yep. though they're completely mm-hmm. kind of different bands it just felt like they they really knew what they were doing. They had a complete idea when they started, or I guess they, not necessarily when they started, but they took their time to create the right, to present themselves as a full concept. A, a, yeah, there's a definitely really a level cool of proficiency to it that I, I, I actually wrote down like television as well, uh, but also Roxy Music for sure. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. My goodness gracious. Like if ever like there was a, I don't know, uh, confirmation of the hypothesis that like Roxy music was kind of like the birth of all or birth of art rock and like what came next, like a song like burst is absolutely just like hearkening back to that sound. And like, you can tell like the cool kids that are making cool music. were listening to cool music back <laughs> in fucking 74. It's awesome. Yeah, I love absolutely. It. Man, I went on a journey this week with shot by both sides as you guys know, because it was documented in our chat, it was driving me crazy. It sounded so familiar. I couldn't figure out what I knew it from. And at first it was giving me, it was giving me really heavy Buzzcocks vibes. So I thought maybe Buzzcocks covered it and I couldn't find an instance of them covering it. And I was going through their catalog, trying to see if there was, maybe I was thinking of a different Buzzcocks song. And I found a few that kind of sounded like it. Yeah. That then I realized that uh, Pete Shelley co-wrote it with, with Howard DeVoto, which I didn't know. And I also didn't know that Howard DeVoto was on the first Buzzcocks EP. <laughs> and, and I'm like, oh, I solved the mystery. That's why it sounds so familiar. It, it, it's because uh, like, I, I really do know what the Buzzcocks sound like. Har, har, har. But then uh, uh, right after that, I was looking at an old comp I had. And it was absolutely just, like, yeah, I'm one of those punk comps. <laughs> oh, no, that, that's why it sounds familiar. It's because I fucking know the song. <laughs> uh, that's also... On one of the Buzzcocks songs, the same riff uh, is used on on one. I of couldn't the... figure out which song it was because I thought the same thing. It was that riff. I went through everything on Singles Go and Steady because that that's the one I, I, that's most imprinted on my brain. And uh, I went through everything on Love Bites. I did find uh, the guitar riff on the Radiohead song "Just" is very similar. It's like a slightly different cadence, but it's the same notes. Yeah, it's the uh, riff that's on the song Lipstick. Okay, okay, yeah. yeah. It's an identical guitar riff. Mm-hmm. Written by the same guy is why. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay, mystery even fuller solved. This yeah. is like the least <laughs> least mystery of all times. I mean, but it took me, said- but it took me a week. It was driving me fucking bonkers. 
That said, can we talk about how good a guitarist John McGock is? Like, Let's, did you guitarist. did you see what else he played on after this? No, what, what else has he been in? Or Public on? Image Limited. Ah, well then, good. He made it better. He fixed it. Susie and the Banshees. Good. Susie and the well, Banshees. That I knew. Yeah. yeah, Susie and the Banshees. Yeah. So it's pronounced Magock, not Magooch. Uh, I've heard it's Magock <laughs> like Lock, like Loch Ness. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So. That's a better M- last name than Magooch. Magooch, McGeek, McGooey. Yeah, McGock. No, just like the the only ones. I mean, this is one of those gems that is just it gets a bit buried a lot of times. It just doesn't get the. I don't know. I don't know why magazine never made it into the public sphere, especially with a song like a "Shot on Both Sides." But I don't know. Like, uh, uncut magazine. Gave him a 37th best album of all time. Nice. It's because they're called magazine. (laughs) 37th best album about magazines of all time. (laughs) So I've I've got a question because this is the entirety of the magazine catalog that magazine catalog uh, that uh, <laughs> that I'm familiar with. I haven't heard any of their other albums, but I know from this one, the two songs that they're kind of known from, from this one uh, shot by both sides and the light pours out of me are the two Pete Shelley songs. Who's not in magazine. And I was wondering if further into their career, if, if Howard DeVoto was able to, get songs that could be considered like uh, singles or uh, songs that would be on comps. Cause I, I, I like all of the nine songs on this, but two of them do sound more marketable than other ones. I was wondering if he was ever able to find that in his own songwriting, or is that why magazines kind of on that second shelf? Do you remember when uh, Guns N' Roses? <laughs> yes. <laughs> when yes. They re- yes. Do they were- the thing that I do. Do hey, the thing hang that on. I do. Hang on, buddy. <laughs> Tell me. Do you remember when they were Guns N' Roses yeah. debuted the song "You Could Be Mine" off of "Use Your Illusion 2" uh, for the Terminator 2 soundtrack before "Use Your Illusion 2" came out, and that song is a smoking rocker. And you're like, oh, this whole album, you know, all I've ever heard is you know, Appetite for Destruction, this whole album is going to be amazing. And then you get Use Your Illusion 2, and it's nothing like it. I feel like that's how uh, Shot by Both Sides is, because that was a big hit. Yeah. I mean, they were on top of the pops for that. Were thing. they? Yeah. They, oh, there's, cool. There's yeah, I need to look up that performance. Yeah. That sounds awesome. Yeah, they did get some publicity for that, but you're right. It doesn't have anything to... There's no second. <laughs> there's no second chart single. Mm-hmm. necessarily um and then follow up w- when they follow up with other albums it is a bit different it doesn't have as it doesn't have hooks i i feel like is as much as this one does i don't know maybe it's just the time too they were a bit ahead of their time with this yeah this sort of uh yeah 
what they're creating here. If this would have come out in the early 80s, maybe mid 80s, I feel like it would have been received better. I could see that. <clears throat> I think goth kids could have gotten into it. New wave kids, punk kids. It's got something yeah. for everybody. <laughs> yeah, I mean, when I, like I said, 2006, when I picked this up, uh, this record, I was a little surprised that it wasn't, you know, straightforward, you know, Buzzcocks S punk. But um, mm-hmm. this, oof, this record is so good. I mean, just mm-hmm. repeat listens, like the musicianship and the and the lyrics. Um, some might say pretentious. I've read some some bad reviews for this record just because the lead singer quotes like Dostoevsky and like Kamu and stuff like that. <laughs> <laughs> Which, you know, you if you're me- in a punk and somebody's <laughs> quoting, referencing Dostoevsky, like. Get out of here, nerd! You know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they're, they're 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 art school kids, man. Like they're uh, yeah. like art school kids gonna art school at you. <laughs> yeah, Rob, I hear you, but there's two different kinds of art school kids. There's the public image limited. You know what sucks? God, he's fake. And then there's <laughs> this. I'll take this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Tell me a story about dying in the snow. You know, like I don't want to hear about your fucking shitty poetry. <laughs> Man, uh, so Rob has been sharing around that uh, that clip from the movie Twenty Four Hour Party People of that yeah. that yeah that uh, that show in Manchester the the first Sex Pistols show in Manchester that was booked by. Pete Shelley and Howard Devoto, then both of of Buzzcocks, uh, and. How like you know the scenes talking about how like there's only like forty some people at that crowd, but within that crowd, it was all these people that would go on to become like influencers, and like how how many ripples came from that one show. It's really interesting. Uh, I I haven't seen the full film, but I did see one other clip from it on YouTube today. Rob, uh, did you see? There's another clip with an actor, the actor playing Howard Devoto. But then also the actual Howard DeVoto is in the same clip as a janitor and he breaks <laughs> and he breaks the fourth wall and says, honestly, I don't remember this happening at all. Uh, yes, it's, it's, it's been a long time since I've seen the movie. I fucking love that movie. I haven't I, seen I, a movie I in like I need to check it out a long time. Yeah, it, it's, it's, it's on my and we're, we're, we're going to get plenty more bands from that movie as well. Um, Are the happy Mondays in this book? It wouldn't surprise me at all if they were. You know, when I first saw that movie, I was a lot younger, but I thought the Happy Mondays were made up for the movie. (laughs) (laughs) They they really flew to Jamaica and wasted all of their money on recording by smoking crack. (laughs) What's going on in Jamaica? I guess we just live here now. Everything. (laughs) All in there, yeah. Oh, man. I really like the ending of Recoil. That dumb, like, uh, oh, synth- dude, beep, boop, beep, <laughs> oh my god, <laughs> love it. It's, it's awesome. Yeah, the also very cool uh, uh, studio effects. The the panning on uh, Recoil coming from left to right, uh, panning back and forth with that sort of uh, phase or whatever they're doing. It's it's really cool. They've they've created a really dynamic record that I can see why when someone says, Oh, Howard DeVoto didn't want to do punk rock. It makes perfect sense listening to this album because this is, it has very little to do with it and a lot more to do with 
uh, like you were saying before, Roxy Music or even those Berlin records. It just is off the rails and uh, yeah, more dynamic. It's cool. Was this the record they recorded uh, partially at Abbey Road? Mm-hmm. I think that's correct. With like the uh, Virgin Mobile Lab or the Virgin yeah. Mobile Recording Unit at Abbey Road. Yeah. Yeah. Was Magazine on Virgin? Yeah. This is their debut yes. album and they were on Virgin. Mm-hmm. Same huh. as PIL and. Um, uh, yeah, I, I think. Oldenfield. Old, <laughs> <laughs> I think Oldenfield was second guessing <laughs> his own judgment with uh, a. Yeah. When PIL turned in uh, what? Fetter Stomp? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, let's, let's get something else. <laughs> yeah. I got under band. the impression we were making a record here. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, there's definitely like a, a lot of different influences on here. On on Burst, I feel like you can hear the Roxy music, like gl- almost glam edge, art rock edge more than on other uh, tracks. I mean, it's across the album, but this one I think is like really has a lot of that flavor. Mm-hmm. I love Burst. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'll, I'll, I've got stars next to so many of these songs. Yeah. What about a great beautician in the sky? I didn't care for that one. Okay, yeah, that one's a <laughs> carnival waltz, I yeah. guess. If you had to describe it, yeah, I wasn't. It's the it's the English record rule. You got to have one kind of goof. It's and... got those calliope vibes. <laughs> yeah, it knocks the rest of the album. It's the only song on here I don't have a star next to. Same. <laughs> Same actually. Yeah. Are there any other magazine records on the on the book? I'll check, but I don't believe so. Yeah. We are going to get to some Buzzcocks, though, right? Yes, we yeah. are. You are insatiable. Okay. Well, you know, <laughs> it's like it's like when you ordered dinner like 45 minutes ago and you don't want to make a fuss, but like, where's your dinner? Where are the, <laughs> where, where are the Buzzcocks? We're, we're in 1979. Where are the Buzzcocks? <laughs> They're in two where, more pages. We'll get another oh. music in a different okay. kitchen. <laughs> Uh, this is the only magazine that we'll have bummer. in this book. Yeah, it is. It is a bit of a bummer, but I, I th- this is the right one. It it created yeah. the the template. Um, I think this is this is probably my favorite magazine album too because it has the it has a bit more of I would say excitement, a more of an edge um, than maybe the later the later uh, albums do this. This one has a bit more of the punk influence of the Buzzcocks when they were just coming off of the, the their peers, what their peers were doing. And before they sort of went into a, into the full aesthetic of what magazine becomes.
What do, what do you think about Motorcade opening up uh, track one, side two? I love it. I, I like Motorcade, man. Love Motorcade. Yeah. yeah. That was a standout for me. as hell. Yeah, I didn't mm-hmm. remember that one so much, but uh, I started to get into it. It's the longest one on the record, too, which surprised me that I I was so fascinated by it being almost six minutes. I have stars by all of them except the great beautician in the sky, but definitely the first song just to, to, to grab me, by grab me by my balls was uh shot by both sides. Uh, Mm. I'm a, I'm a big fan. The more I listen, the more I like everything. And like, I love the Roxy music influences and I love like the, the, the Berlin themed stuff that are the Berlin vibe stuff that I'm hearing. It'll be hard to top shot by both sides for me. You know, I, I, I like, I like riffs and hooks at the end of the day. Yeah, I hear you, Ben. Like I said, that was the song that made me seek out magazine like mm-hmm. and a long time ago. And uh, they weren't what I expected, but I liked what I got. Absolutely, man. I really like Burst and Parade. I mean, obviously shot by both sides, but I think there's some other ones that were like, I don't, they've got a certain kind of like, I don't know, maybe like an alt vibe or whatever. Like it, it sounds spoopy and sad and uh and and sometimes i'm feeling spoopy and sad and and i get that i like that (laughs) preach what about you robbie burst motorcade uh the light pours on me you should see see the way that i (laughs) i i couldn't fucking read this to save my life (laughs) that really does look like the light pours some that's lovely rob good job um i like i mean i fucking love shot by both sides and uh my tupla and uh Mm. yeah uh so motorcade and i I haven't i haven't watched uh 28 days later for a minute um the opening keyboard line from motorcade i think is used uh for that soundtrack but i could be completely off my rocker with that the film score was composed by John Murphy and was released in a score song compilation. It features notable tracks as well from Brian Eno, Granddaddy, and Blue States. Hmm, and John Murphy, let's see, Associated Acts. I don't see any. It looks like he's a film score guy. I don't know. The, the opening of the motorcade reminded me of the soundtrack for that. So cool. Call me crazy, but you're crazy, but thanks, buddy. <laughs> um, uh, we didn't really talk about influences that this will have but i mean we can talk about it probably all day Susie and the banshees joy division new order yeah you saw who uh the bassist played for later right mm-hmm. nick cave in the bad seats hey is- so everybody was kind of touched in this band with a with a midas touch so magazine buzzcocks are manchester so i'm assuming that magazine's also manchester scene since it's similar members uh, Joy Division, New Order, those guys are Manchester scene. Is Susie and the Banshees also Manchester scene? Like, is this like a city sound that we're hearing? I want to say yes, but I don't want to be wrong. Yeah, yeah I'm not yeah. sure about Susie. Same, yeah. Yeah, I, I think Factory Records was was Manchester, right? I could be wrong on that too. I don't know, but it seems like I mean, it if would memory be. serves, Twenty Four Hour Party People is the story of Factory Records. So it, I'm going to say yes, that, and that's. And uh, Rob, I pieced that together as well. Uh, 24-Hour Party People is the story of Factory Records. The scene that you shared with us is shot in Manchester, so I just kind of drew some conclusions. 
Apparently, Susie and the Banshees are from the Bromley region of South London. Oh, well then. Duh. <laughs> Idiot. <laughs> uh, do we need to go around the room? Are we all just on the positive? Uh, on Everyone Madison? should listen to this record. It fucking yeah, rules. It's really I'm really about good. to get this album art tattooed on me right now. Okay. Really? <laughs> you want to talk I'm about the art the, now? The cover artist is... is it's pretty cool. I mean, it's like kind of a, a collage of faces. I, I forget who does the art, but it's a famous, uh, it's you great. know, like punk album artist. Linder. Um, yeah. It's uh, that's her last name, I think. Uh, but it's, it, she does these kind of collage style uh, things. I mean, it's, it's awesome. We're, we're going to get it tattooed, Kyle. On my forehead. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> cool. I'll look forward to that. Real life. <laughs> real life. Do you understand life, Kyle? <laughs> Do you? Do you? Do you? <laughs> All right. All right. Total positive then. That's a, that's cool. That's a that's one that I was not expecting to have in this book <laughs> whatsoever. What do you mean? I just wasn't expecting magazine. I mean, I wasn't expecting the residence either. Uh, it's a is a pleasant surprise. Um, that we don't have, uh, you know, top 40 for every year. We get, uh, we dive a little bit deeper into these. I, I, I expect it, um, from, from a thousand albums over the course of, you know, 50 years, I'm expecting to have these, uh, to dive a little bit deeper, but I'm just pleasantly surprised when we do. Absolutely, man. All right, next time we'll be talking about Bruce Springsteen, Darkness on the Edge of Town. All right, thanks all. Without. Our-